Hello and welcome to episode two. My name is Michael McCarthy and I'm joined again by our PRO cohort, John O'Shea and Francis Cotter. This week we're going to have a look at the West Football Team, West Football Championships. Our county teams are in action over the weekend and some interesting bits from social media. This is the West Awake, West Tip Matters. The West Awake, the West Awake. Another goal! And it's Eugene O'Neill has got it! Is by Johnny Ryan. He's one of the two Johnnies playing at midfield today. We're very precise, and Brian Fox with Tipperary's first. Uh, right, lads, we'll go straight into it uh, again this week, and we'll go to you, Francis, first. Um, the West Football Championships, uh, from minor to senior, you might give us a rundown on how things are progressing. Yeah, I suppose the senior football championship, we, we unfortunately didn't get a game played. We just came just before all the games were called off. Um, we had three teams in the competition. Arava were playing Galtier Rovers in the semi-final, and the winners would play Aerog in the final. So hopefully we will get a run at some stage to to get a played. I think it'd be good for the division and good for football as well that it is played and does come to a, a conclusion. Um, I'm still of the belief that it should be linked to the county championship like the Hurling. As we spoke about last week, even if it has to be knockout on the day in the division, <coughs> it's vital that it's played and it's vital for the clubs and it's vital for the integrity of the competition as well that it's it's finished off. And the same goes for the Intermediate Football Championship. These finals now are being pushed out to the latter end of the year in what will be a normal year. Um, again, we had our two semi-finals fixed, but when the games were called off, they, they were shelved again for the moment. So, again, I think it would be it'd be great for teams, again, if they didn't make it out of the group in the county championship, <coughs> instead of a second bite of the cherry in the division, and it, it again it brings the integrity of the competition and it brings the prestige of it up when there is a link to the county championship. The Junior A football championship we, we started there towards the end of July. Um in some great weather there at the very start of it. Sean Tracy's after the round robin uh, went straight through to the final while Salahid and Arville Rovers are meeting the semi final. Now Arville Rovers beat Salahid in the final round robin game. If they lost or drew, they were out, um, so they had to win, which they duly did. They beat Salahed to set up a rematch with Salahed in the semi-final. And unfortunately for Emily, they bowed out of the competition. Um, it's been, I suppose, a fairly good competition. Sean Tracy has been the standard bearers of the competition the last number of years. And with a county semi-final now at stake for the winners of the West, you would probably, Tracy would fancy themselves, I think, at this stage, to, to possibly go far in the competition when it does resume with <coughs> their fierce ability and probably possibly would be good enough to play intermediate football in the county. Um, that's not taken back from Arval Rovers. They found a few new, younger new fellas as well. They're out of the senior football championship. Conan Donovan didn't play, so he's available. Peter Mulher is back. They have a few younger players like Cormac Maher there as well. So they have a good blend of, I suppose, youth. And then they've maybe older fellas like Timmy Dalton and that Richie Lohan to call on as well. 
So they will give it a good rattle, I think, when, when they get a chance again against Salahed. Salahed, again, are a coming team as well. You know, sometimes you see a team coming up from Junior B and they don't really make an impact to Junior A. They got to the Junior A final last year, made a great start to this year's competition. They blitzed Emily that day out in Latin, the first round of the competition. They hit five goals. Um, they fierce ability as well, and they were probably missing a few against Daraville the last day. So... I suppose all in all, it's been a fairly good competition. Just a pity we can't get it finished at the moment. The junior B football is down to one, is down to the final round robin game. That's between um, Bayrogue and Rose Green. And I suppose it, it, the top team goes straight to the final here and the second and third team will meet in the semi-finals. A win for Bayrogue would put them level on six points at Rockwell. But Airog would finish top in the head-to-head and go between the sides. He'll go straight to the final. Rose Green would finish third and Galti Rovers fourth. Rose Green would have the head-to-head and Galti Rovers, while Rocker Rovers would then, obviously, as we said, play Rose Green in the semi-final. A win for Rose Green will see them finish level and six points for Rocker Rovers, but Rocker would have the head-to-head um, between the sides and go straight to the final. A rogue would then finish fourth as well. 11 points for Galtier Rovers. Galtier Rovers will finish ahead of them in third and the head to head between the sides. Rose Green will play Galtier Rovers in the semi final. And a draw there would see both sides again. A rogue and Rose Green meet in the semi finals. Uh, Galtier Rovers would then be out of the competition. Um, just moving on to the minor A football championship. Um, we're down to was three of the semi-finalists are known now. We're down to the last round robin game uh, between Aero Galtys and Rockwell Rose Green. And whoever wins this will take the final um, spot in the semi-finals. Uh, Kickhams will play the winners of that game, Rockwell Rose Green or Aero Galtys, in the first of the semi-finals. A draw will be sufficient for Rockwell Rose Green to go through, but Aero Galty will have to win. And while the second semi-final will see Arava Rovers take on Kashika Karmuks. Um The B Championship in the minor football, that's the <coughs> semi-final stage. Uh, going to Kilfika against Kappa White Gales and Ardo Gales versus Kanoti Rossmore. I suppose just a quick mention on the under-21 football. Um, Arava Rovers are down to play Grange Muckler in the County Under-21A football final. Um, they beat Kilaran McDonough's there a few weeks back just before the games were cancelled. <coughs> Unfortunately for Gatty Rovers, they were beaten by Ballinay in the County Under-21B football championship semi-final. Yeah, the, the Rovers are going fierce well. Um, again, uh, Francis, we, we spoke about him last week, probably more to, with Hurland, but I mean, in the football, um, going fierce well, they, they have won the 21A in the, in the division um, and, and a good win in the semi-final to, to set up that final with, with, with a very young and, and what will be, a, a, it is a final I'd look forward to. Um, Grange Mokler, obviously, they were beaten by, by Rockwell, and we'll come to that later on, but they, they were beaten by Rockwell in the, the intermediate final, but had, I don't know, maybe nine, nine or ten under under 20s playing. So they'll be formidable um, opposition for the Rovers in the final. But again, the Rovers look like a strong, the strongest of the minor A teams as well. 
Um, so coming again strong underage at football, which is great for the division and, and great for the club. <coughs> yes, it is very good for Arvel. I suppose minor going on to under-21 is often where Arvel have come up short at times as well. We, we've often lost players there. But, I mean, it's vital to keep him from minor, the transition into under-21. And we, we've had a good record at 21 there the late 2000s, early this decade as well. And we kind of trailed off for a while and j- just didn't have the same success. I think we got to, it was a three-county finals in a row there, the early part of the decade, and, and eventually landed a county title as well. And it was the first since, since 72, if, if I'm not mistaken, as well. It was a huge title, and that, that pretty springboarded a lot of the senior football team over the last decade in Arville as well. And I think you have to continue that flow. And, and sometimes, you know, obviously it goes in peaks and troughs. But you won't always be successful, but <coughs> you have to. It's very vital that link from minor to under twenty one that, that there's a good transition there, and we can keep numbers going through. Absolutely, and just a just a touch on the twenty one B football there. Um, uh, Galtier Rovers ran out winners um, there. They beat Golden in the final. But as was interestingly, those two teams were actually joined together as minors um, in 2018. Um, as far as I know, I think they won a county. They definitely won the West. Um, but interesting to see them kind of go their separate ways, but, but both get to the B final. Um, now, Gold, Golden under strength probably on the night uh, against... Galti not taken away from from Galti's win, but um to be missing Jack Leamy, County Minor, and, and Brian Barlow were, were were big losses for them that night. But I suppose similarly you could say about the Galtys. I mean, they would have had Alan Alan Flannery and and a couple more going back to at, at Minor, and and they were missing. Um, so the, but interestingly that they, that they they got to the B final. Yeah, and I suppose, as you say, you just mentioned Arable Rovers there. They actually beat Arable, I think it was in two minor A finals, and beat them fairly well. They did win a county there as well. So while it was a huge achievement as a combination, it's interesting to see that they're now both playing on their own in under-21 football. Um, as you said, the losses, especially Jack Leamy for Golden, I think is absolutely huge loss. I saw him earlier in the competition, and he did he did huge damage I think myself and John were in another one of the Golden Games as well. And he, you know, his ability to score from well out the field as well. He's huge ability and a huge loss <coughs> to any team. And as you mentioned, Galtys have probably lost a few on the way up as well. But um, two teams definitely with, with, with huge ability. If they had, I suppose, full numbers and especially on their own, they would, they possibly would be pushing up in the A definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And the junior A football, you, you made an interesting point there about the Tracys possibly being good enough to, to play intermediate. Um, I, I, I won't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, they, they, they do get um, help from Temple Derry. There's three lads from Temple Derry playing from. Um, and, and John, you, you probably have seen the Tracys a good bit at, at junior A football. The, the Temple Derry lads... Uh, especially O'Leary gives him a, a big advantage. He's a score and forward, which is huge at junior football. That's right, actually. I saw the three round robin games uh, this year. Uh, Patrick O'Leary operates at full forward. Uh, good man on the freeze. Good, uh, good from open play. Great man in the air. You know, he's a big, big, strong, tall man. Uh, good footballer. He does uh, gives him a good, uh, you know. 
good focal point for their attack and he's he, he has definitely been a leading light for them over the past number of years uh, yeah. with, the, with, the, with the football you know it is interesting a couple of the matches there for one thing or another there in, over the years that he, he didn't uh, when when the game started clashed with <clears throat> Temple Derry's involvement in the hurling uh, he was a noticeable loss for them you know mm. and uh, I think on, as, as Francis said they're only for the old, the old lockdown there I think they would have been a team they would have been the team to beat put it that way that's that you know the team that will beat them would go a long way in the county put it that way yeah yeah absolutely no they're they're very fit and, and a very fit and young team I suppose another interesting thing with the junior A football and, and disappointingly I suppose as well was that that Kikums and Capoy didn't they withdrew from the competition now obviously all clubs have, have their priorities and, and the way the thing fell it was going to be week on week, but I think if there is a, a a split season in the future, you probably are going to see teams playing football one week, hurling the next week, and it's going to be the way. So, w- would we see more of this teams not not taking part in in either football or hurling competitions, depending on what way they fall and the the priority? I suppose Michael, it didn't uh, it didn't do traces any harm this year. They played the intermediate hurling in the county. Uh, it didn't do them any harm. It didn't do Golden any harm. They were their intermediate football and intermediate hurling. I'm just saying. Look, it's 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 some clubs do it, some clubs don't, and <clears throat> it's 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 a hard one to call. And as, as you said, it's up to each individual club. But I, personally, myself, I don't think it does them any harm. I think the break, actually, fellas can get too tied up in one code. And just focusing on that, and I think you need a little bit of a, a little bit of a break, especially if your if your priority is hurling. I think it does it does uh, uh, you know I think it does individuals good just maybe to leave the hurley away for a week and and focus. You know, it's it's, it's a bit of a break, and and you, I think you'd come back keener for the hurling. And I think Lockmore would be a prime example of that. Uh, just to, to name but one, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think. Um, I, when you when you talk about that a lot more obviously are the team as uh, i suppose especially from 2019 and and they did it again in what 2013 or 14 where they <coughs> they won the two county finals uh, unfortunately for them i suppose they lost the two county finals this year but it proves that it can be done and i mean david kindy was the only player i believe that didn't play the football and i mean uh david is what 44 or 5 i think he can be excused from not putting himself out every week but would they step up and 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 play both codes for their club and I think within our own division um Eroga are a club to be admired they they're they're putting out senior footballers and senior hurdlers every every year and and have done for a number of years and are very competitive yeah yeah and that's that that is a, a point and even this year like okay the the they, they weren't. They didn't go as well this year as other years, and they ended up in relegation. Both of them. But by God, when the when the, the the push came to the shove, they weathered the storm there. <clears throat> they 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 beat Galtier Rovers there in the semi final of the relegation, and uh, you know they came out uh, against Borges in the following or the week before that in the in the in the relegation final of the hurling and 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 you know put up probably their best display this year when the chips were down and and. Um, you know, it, as you said, it can be done. Yeah, and and Francis, just to to go back to um, you you mentioned that the senior football and intermediate football hasn't been played yet, or and sure we don't know how that's going to go. But I mean, at senior football, we mentioned the co-op last year, but at senior football, intermediate football, and and junior B football, we the division has a great sponsor in in Shane Hennessy, 
agree. Uh, has been there for a number of years, and and I suppose it's like everything. It's it's great to have that, those sponsors on board with you. Yeah, it is. Shane, Shane has been very good to good to the division and sponsoring three, those three competitions, and I suppose he's been a huge help to to the run of the division. Then in that regard, like and for me, I I I'd rather see. Uh, I mentioned it already. The, the link in all the competitions returned. I, I think. It is a huge part of it. I don't think a junior county championship over group stage is is, is beneficial, whether it is junior B or junior A. The whole structure of the competition, junior is based on more local rivalry. And if you win then or get to your division of final, then you go out and you play a team in the, in the county, the last eight or the last four, whatever the case may be. And I think having that link brings the integrity back and, and gives the sponsors more more like like Shane as well, more coverage and that as well in the whole scheme of things. And I mean, I suppose it goes back to the whole idea of the senior football final. With three teams in relegation this year, we'd say in the old system, Arab Rovers would have been the only team that would have gone through to the last day. They would have finished second in the group. <coughs> you would have had three teams fighting in the West final this year, or possibly West final against Twitter, say Arville got through whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. they'd all be trying to get back into the county championship proper. You have three teams plus Arville who are already through. It's great advertisement for the sponsor as well to know that there's a big final coming up. We could have had Galtys and Aerog in a final and they both bat and try and get back into the championship proper. So it raises the whole spectre of the competition. It gives the competition all the competitions better integrity as well. When the there's something and a lot more at stake to play for. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you. Um, so we'll just move on to our next um, item there. So we'll stick with football. And Francis, um, Tip got off to, well, I suppose they got off to, they, they resumed with a win in the in the National League. Yeah, for what I could see now, unfortunately, I had... Um, GA go, but unfortunately the service wasn't great on the day. But um, from what I could see, they played fairly good football and they did enough. Michael Quinn Living won a penalty there in the first half and Connor Sweeney tucked it away fairly well. Um, it was good to see Brian Fox coming on as well and getting a run there. But it was also a bit worrying that Austin went off and Stephen O'Brien went off injured as well. Um, whether they would play against Leitham next week, there were talks they were hamstring injuries. Do you risk him ahead of the clear game seven days later is another thing. Um, it was a good, solid performance. I saw the highlights again in on, on the league Sunday that night, but just always looked in control. Once they got the early few points and the goal, they always looked in control and were able to put away. Bowling came on there and scored two nice points as well. Um, <coughs> the lead from yeah, game just, is what it's going to come down to, really. That's right. Um, but just, just sticking with this one for a moment, I am... Um, um, from a West point of view, Brian Brian obviously didn't start. Um, now I, I would imagine they were just trying to mind him. Uh, he has a lot of work done over the with the club. Um, there for for probably ten in a row, and and was probably carrying a bit of an injury as well. But and they had to bring him on early in the game. But from what I could see, even now I was like you, I had GA go, and it was terrible for the first half. Now they rectified it for the second half. But from what I could see, of it Brian Fox ran things when he came on, he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he covers an awful lot of ground. Um, we're probably used to seeing that in the West, whether it's hurling or football. He, he plays a kind of a roving role, and he, he's kind of the link man to attack with the with attack with the ball. 
Um, did you say, I suppose, if you watch League Sunday, Pets playing was basically saying that their aim was for the Clare game on, in the start of November there, and that's that's where they're aiming for now. I know they want to stay in Division 3 of the league as well. It would be a disaster if they went down, but I think ultimately they want everything right for the Clare game. Cork and Kerry at the other side of the Munster Championship, so there is a, a chance for to perceive so-called weaker counties to get to a Munster final and being a knockout championship, you know, anything could happen in after that at this time of year. But going back to Brian, he just he's an outstanding player, but was probably rested a bit as well. And remember, he was injured for part of the, the county right. championship earlier in the, the year as well. Yeah. So I think the last thing David Power wants is more injuries building up. And I mean, you have to take into account they've, they've lost John Maher at full back as well. Right, he's a big gain to the hurlers, but he's a huge loss to the football setup. They've gained yeah. Mike when living. He probably needs a bit, you know, another game or two, maybe just to settle back into the county setup again. But again, he's running caused a lot of problems on Sunday too. Yeah, the the, the new I suppose a new role from at the county level for for Michael Quinlivan at, at centre forward, and we saw him at centre forward for Clanmel Commercials in the the club championship. Um, but that direct running that, that Quinlevin has and his ability off either foot, that new role could suit him down to the ground. We could, I suppose. We saw a goal he scored against Armagh and so we saw something similar against Lapmore there in the county final this year, what he can do when he runs with the ball. As you said, the ability to be able to kick off both feet is a huge asset he has and I suppose it also takes the pressure off Connor Sweeney as well. Um, the earlier parts of the league, we obviously didn't have Mike Quinlevin but things obviously changed with COVID and he's back, but an awful lot of the pressure was on Sweeney to do the scoring and we were limited in our scoring, but 116, I suppose, as you're heading into November, isn't bad scoring and first game together as well and bring him on. You'll be hoping Stephen yeah, well, O'Brien's injury won't be too bad and the same with Philip Aston. Yeah, well, you've got a good return, I suppose, out of um, your, we'll say your, your, other players like Stephen Stephen O'Brien kicked the point before he went off. Liam, Liam Casey there from KR got two points. Jack Kindy popped up with three points. Um, so so the spread of scoring was was, was good. You weren't the, the likes of Quinlevin and those guys that are able to shoot. They're creating space for Sweeney. Sweeney ended up with with three from play, one two from freeze. I mean, so they they have they have fierce ability and and like I know the aim is the clear game and and doing well in the Munster Championship, but I think staying in in Division Three is a is a must for for this team to to keep progressing going forward. John, uh, two fairly good wins for for the minor and twenty one hurlers over the weekend. You attended both. Um, a scare, I suppose, in the Kerry game for fifteen minutes or fourteen minutes, but really took over then after after that. That's right. A minor down in in uh, in the Limerick last Sunday. There, Kerry were uh, appearing in Munster Minor for the first time since 2014, and uh, you know they got off to a great start. Though you know Peter 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 uh, McGarry there from St Mary's got the opening score of the game there, the midfielder, when he put over a pint there in the first minute. But then uh, Kerry there hit two pints on the trot there. Uh, a chap by the name of Robert Monaghan there from wing back and and, and their midfielder Ronan Welsh there uh, he took the freeze and you know 
at the war, I suppose after what, eight minutes, Kerry led four pints to two. <clears throat> but then uh, Tony Cahill and, and Sean uh, Keneally there, the two pints, and they level up the, the, the issue there with um, uh, on 10 minutes. And at the water break there, um, Stephen Fernco was after scoring uh, uh, 65. And early on in the game there, he hit a huge, huge long-range free. I'd say it was a good, at least 90, 95 metres, and he put it over. So they led at the water break, seven pints to five. And we were sort of saying there, you know, this is this is uh, it's, it's tighter than than what we think, you know. But then all of a sudden, tip seemed to up a gear, and between the water break and half time, they hit um, seven pints to carries two, and they led at the break fourteen pints to seven. And you know the way they had played that second quarter there, you you'd start to say, look at that halftime. This game is over. <clears throat> and and uh, that Kerry just couldn't stick with him. Tip came out in the second half and they hit then they hit fourteen scores, fourteen pints on the trot. And by the 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 second water break, they were twenty eight pints to seven up, uh, uh, Mike. And and then the last quarter, now they 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 emptied their bench in. They brought on five subs there, and they finished up thirty two pints to nine. Uh, you know it was hard. It is hard to judge judged them but the one thing about it is that I suppose the downside of it was they didn't score goals now they had three goals chances in the first half now uh, Robert um, uh, Jack Leamy Stephen Ferncombe and uh, Kieran McCormick but there was three wonderful saves brought off by the Kerry goalkeeper there the fella from Ballyduff called Dara Quinlan you know really really top class saves uh, but after that then they, they just kept tapping over the pints there. And they, 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 I suppose on the plus side, uh, they had eleven scorers got on the got on the sheet there. Everyone from from number seven, Luke Shanahan up. He had two pints from wing back. Two midfielders, half forward line, full forward line. They all scored, and there was a couple of two the subs that came on there. Um, Conor McKelvey came on, who was sort of Darren he Nold. was playing. He was on and off last year, and. Uh, Darren Minogue got the other point. So look at, they also brought on Kenny Lee there from Ross Gray, uh, Eddie Ryan from Boris Lee and Pat Ryan from Upper Church. So they gave the, you know, they gave them all game time. Uh, they took off Stephen Ferncombe, they took off um, uh, Sean Kennelly, they took off Jack Leamy, they took off Tony Cahill. You know, so they really, they, they took off four of their, four of the, of the um, five, four of the subs there from the forwards. Uh, four of the subs came on the forwards. They took off four of the starting starting forwards there after scoring a lot of scores. So look at um, it would be hard to 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 um, you know read into it. But I like the way that when when the chips were down there after the water break, they really came out knuckle down to up the the tempo a bit and 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 you know got some great scores. Um, yeah, from from, from, a playing, West, from a West point of view, from a West point of view, John. Um, the, we had Jason Dwyer and, and Danny Slattery there from Tenote. They started Callum Lawrence and Kyle Quinn from Cashel. Stephen Ferncombe was probably the one of, one of the stars of the forwards. He finished up with six points and he was he was on the freeze, two 65s, two freeze and two from play. And um, Jack Leamy got three points, but probably not one of of um, of Jack's better days, I suppose, uh, from his high standards. Um it was interesting that that he wasn't on the freeze. He he had taken the freeze actually for the minors last year. And now obviously Stephen Ferncombe is an excellent free taker and showed it again 
But uh, I, I want, you know, some, some players benefit from being on the freeze and they need that to keep them in the game. I wonder would that be the case with Jack? Yeah, I'd say so. But look, at that. there was it's funny enough the way the old game went. Go down that side. If you take it inside him, David Fogarty from Holy Cross didn't get on much ball either. So they're, mm-hmm. they're, 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 that side of the field, they didn't an awful lot of, of, of play. You know, Jack done an awful lot of roaming around and he did move out around and he picked up his, his three pints, but he didn't get on an awful lot of ball, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it's no, just, that can happen. It was just yeah. the way the game, it was just the way the game went, you know. There was a lot of ball going in in front of Tony Cahill at full forward, and he really, he was, he really showed it. He's a, you know, he's, He's built on the ground, uh, good, very solid on the ground, if you know what I mean. A good, strong mm-hmm. player. And he's, he got five points from play, like which is no mean achievement there from uh, from uh, full forward. Peter McGarry got four points from midfield from play and two from freeze. Uh, he took over the free take and then when Leamy and Shankham went off, Darryl yeah. <clears throat> Stakes and then from Southfield's um, uh he two more from 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 midfield, you know. So, look from that p- perspective, they'll be they'll be happy enough. They're um, uh, as you Jack said, they probably Leamy won't do carry carry any good, John. I'm um, sorry, there. You said they probably won't do carry any good, but I think two of their players deserve mention. Uh, the goalie, as you said, brought off three cracking saves. Young Quinlan from Belly Duff in the goal, but their midfielder. And I see, and uh, we we'll go back to JJ Kindy. He he said if there was a transfer market, I I to- totally agree with him. If there was a transfer market, uh, you you'd be looking at this Ronan Walsh. He was uh, he, he's fielding, his striking, his drive were were. He really stood out for Kerry. He did, and as I was in the second half, then he was a sort of he was bottled up every time he got the ball because uh, there was fellas were, were were content to leave their own player and bottle him up because he was the guy that was the everything was going through. So if he was cut off, uh, you know what I mean. I think the, the, the tips cottoned on him fairly quick there, and they, yeah. they 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 crowded him out any chance they got. So he, but he definitely is a good player, and there's no doubt Absolutely. about it. He was very, Absolutely. he was the, one of the outstanding players on the day there. Carlos last night for the under twenty-one or the under twenty, I should say. Yeah, look at again. That started off. Clear started off well, uh, and after at the water break, it was five pints all. Uh, you know, the Keen Galvin there had hit a couple of frees there for um, for Clare, uh, kept him in the game. Andrew Armand started great. He hit the first two points for 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 Tip. Uh, Connor Bowden uh, got a point from play, and Garrod O'Connor got a free. But then uh, O'Connor's uh, free taken let him down big time. And uh, Devon Ryan then was put on the freeze there. Coming up to half time, there just the twenty eight minutes he got a free tip. Clare had pulled back, um, had pulled back uh, their wing forward back as a sweep of their Keen Galvin after the water break, and it really, really uh, tied up the the tip forwards, and they never really got going at all. But whatever happened after uh, the tip went in at half time, ten points to six, and they definitely were in trouble. In during coming up to half time, I think it couldn't have come quick enough for them. Uh, but then they came out in the second half, Michael, a hugely different team there. Conor Bow hit the, the opening pints of it. Uh, Kevin McCarthy followed up, and then Bow hit two more. So in the first 10 minutes, Bow hit four pints in the second half there. Uh, you know, really, was he, he was man of the match and it was a man of the match performance. Um, by the 13th minute, they were 13 pints to 10 up, and by the 24th minute, 
there were 17 pints to 10 up. Uh, your man Galvin then hit, hit uh, the first uh, score for Clare there in 26, 27 minutes there. But a penalty then on 30 minutes there, Devon Ryan, uh, Andrew Armand was fouled. <clears throat> and um, the resulting penalty, to the borderline uh, one now. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't read even borderline, John. <laughs> yeah. Like from where, where I was up in the thing, uh, it was hard to judge whether he was inside or outside, you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, Devon Ryan uh, put it away anyway, and he, he ended up scoring 1-4. Devon Ryan did a good, you know, again, like <clears throat> he took over the free-taking duties there. And I think he missed one, which was a huge, huge, I'd say it was a good 95 yards, you know, that sort of way. They were just in the second uh, half, yeah. Yeah, the, um, tip out score clear in the second half, 113 to two points, and that that tells itself, you know, they really clicked into spa- into gear there in the second half. Conor Bow, as I said, finished with seven points. Sean Ryan uh, came on, he scored two points. Kevin McCarthy from midfield, two points. Andrew Armand, three. He was very, very impressive early on there. And then uh, Garoda Conor got one from a, from a free there. Um, yeah. From a, they, from a they, West point of view, Aaron, Aaron was in the goals, Aaron Brown. Um, obviously, he'd been there last year. Um, had to had to stand up tall and bring off a good save there in in the first half. I think it was Mouncey was um, was in and he pulled on the ball and Aaron st- stopped it. Uh, Clare were were going well at the time and it was an important save. Um, they, they, yes, and, they were. I, I was just going to come to that. He was definitely Mounsey had got inside the back line and it was one and one with it. But uh, you know, uh, Brown killed the dead. Uh, picked it up and 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 cleared cleared his lines there. But a goal for Clare at that stage, you know, would have put the cat among the pigeons, or it could have had put it that way because Clare were on the ascendancy at that stage. You know, yeah. Um, Johnny Ryan was in the full back line. I suppose, I suppose in the first half, in the tip backs and especially the full back line were under an awful lot of pressure. And, and um, Johnny was no no different. Um, to that, he he was under pressure. It has to be said in the first half, and and Owen Connolly, who was a centre back, but they they put in rousing second half performances, um, both of them. Um, their Owen Connolly, especially at all, Owen Connolly was outstanding in the second half. It did uh, that that's uh, what you call fella, that that careful forward, Matt Rogers. He was causing all sorts of problems in the first half. Yeah. You know, but he, he sure. didn't. But you must. He was getting good quality ball though as well into them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. They, they they tried to they isolated uh, Connolly there uh, cleared it in the first half when, when your man went back uh, Galvin went back um, centre uh, back as a sweeper for Clare yeah. Connolly sort of found himself on his own isolated in the back line but Clare were putting good quality balls are keeping it well away from him yeah. but then in the second half it was a totally different game altogether Tip Connolly especially came into his own uh, <clears throat> you know he he led from the back as the fellas says and uh, Conor Whelan at fullback. They all, you know, the second half was was a totally different, uh, a different game altogether. Like uh, yeah, they go down uh, now to to Waterford next uh, next Monday. I think that game that game is at three o'clock. Three thirty. Three thirty. Three thirty in in Dungarvan. Uh, it's on it's on TG Car as well. And the other semi final between Limerick and Cork is on at five o'clock next Monday. That's right. Again, that's assuming all things go according to. According to plan, you know. Yeah, yeah. De- um, you, you mentioned you mentioned Devon Ryan got one four, um, and, and I suppose it's similar to the to the, the minor question I asked uh, um, O'Connor from from Garoda O'Connor from mine. He he probably he, 
when the freeze were going bad, he was going bad, and he just had and and Garota Connor was a lot better than he than he showed last night. But it just didn't go right for him last night. And when he missed a freeze, it it probably threw him off, and his general play was bad. But I suppose the opposite didn't happen for Devon. He 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 wasn't in the game at all for the first fifteen minutes. Um, he he was out in the wing probably. Maybe we'd be more used to seeing him inside. He's probably more devastating as a as a corner forward than a wing forward. But but he was left there and he went on the on the freeze and all of a sudden his game turned. He he, he had a crack in we'll say from the minute he went on the freeze, he he, he really um impacted the game. He did, he did. You could see it in him. You could see it in his body language and all there. And yeah. he was a confidence player, like, you know what I mean? And he got that first free there before half time and that set him up for the second half, you know what I mean? And he was <clears throat> he was really getting stuck into to, to everything, and he had a, a, a you know a, a, you know a great second half there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose Connor Dwyer, Connor Dwyer, and and Willie Barry are the other two West reps on on the panel. Now they were they weren't on the twenty four for for yesterday, but you'd hope you'd see them um, down the line uh, coming into that twenty four. You would, but when you see like you know what I mean, that's it's just when I, the way I looked at it when I saw when I saw. Um, um, that team announced on Saturday. I said to myself, you know, you could see from last year, but I said when Conor Dwyer or, or Willie Barry didn't make the first the twenty-four match day panel, I said, you know, that's a good side. James Absolutely, and I mean, when you when you look at uh, James Devaney, uh, who was the star of the Borsali, um forwards going to um, Crow Park there in on, in. In February for the for the club and and he couldn't he only came on with with ten minutes to go, um they really do have a have a, a serious set of forwards to work with. They do. Sean Hayes wasn't at the races last night now at all and he was pulled ashore at half time there to be replaced by uh, Sean Ryan from uh, Temple Derry. Uh, Temple Derry, yeah. Uh, he didn't get in. Hayes didn't from Kiladang and there, and he started with him in the in the in the right. senior championship this year. Just so the, look what you're you you you're never going to get, you're never going to get the six followers to click on the one day. There's always going to be somebody that just uh, it's not their day because that's just the nature of things. Keno Kelly uh, full forward done all right, but Armand was always threatening there, especially in the first half when. When things weren't going well, he was always threatening, you know. Yeah. Probably the two centre sure, fielders, right. Kevin Maher and and, and uh, McCarthy, sort of held their own. And look at it, going out in a first game again. Uh, you know, you can play all the challenge matches you like, uh, but it's, when it comes down to it, and it was the way they lifted themselves in the second half that really, that really, uh, you know, they, they hit what's eleven pints on the trot, on you know, unanswered. In, yeah. in 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 sixteen or what sixteen or seventeen minutes twenty yeah, minutes no, they, they were very impressive after the break and whatever the select was John Devan obviously from Clonoty there was the manager but whatever they, they said to him at half time it it um it really hit home and they took it on board and and um and I suppose for for want of a better phrase they wiped the floor with clear in in that second half um it, so there was look, there was also a pint that wasn't a pint <laughs> I, I don't know I couldn't see from where I was but I think the people that was watching it on the team Gigi Carr said Devon Ryan's line ball I've heard it now as I said yeah, I didn't see it one way or another and the, yeah, the no, general I've, consensus was that it was a score would that be correct Michael yeah. Oh yeah, I watched it on the telly, and um, I don't know. Did you see it, Francis? But it, it definitely looked a pint. Yeah, they, they slowed it down. I think the the commentators even said that it was a definite pint. Yeah, but that's just yeah. uh, you, you know, 
And I saw him. But it was probably, it it was probably yeah, it was probably equaled out a couple of minutes later, John, when uh, a high ball came in and uh, Aaron actually got his hurley up what looked like behind the post to flick a ball back out. That's um, right, up between the, between the post and the, and, and the net. That's right, and it, probably yeah. similar to, to what happened to Brian Hogan there a couple of times last year. If if Hawkeye was working, it that would have probably been given a point, so they, they probably cancelled each other out. Cancelled the sense out, yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, penalty, the penalty, you spoke about Andrew Ormond, um, he, he, got, he definitely looked like he was fouled outside the box, and, and then he hurt his ankle, actually had to go off um, and fell inside the box, and the ref gave the give the penalty I suppose it, it didn't impact the game was over at the time so it didn't it didn't impact the result uh, but in a tighter game there it could have been a very a very uh, contentious call yeah that, that was actually given at and 30 minutes that penalty and there was four minutes of there was four minutes of, of added time then after that played but as, as you said I, I couldn't see whether it was in or out from where I was you know mm-hmm. uh, but look, both teams have, have qualified for, for the semi-final um, and hopefully the, those games get to get to be played um, over the next week or two and uh, that both teams will be in the final. Okay, lads, we'll move on to the last item. Um, there are just a couple of, I suppose, interesting bits from... from um, from GA, uh, Twitter, social media, uh, articles or whatnot. Uh, Francis, uh, I just see a, um, a tweet here from a, an, an independent, um, an Irish independent uh, journalist. It's the GPA survey results and probably comes a lot more into play after Monday night's um, announcement from the government of, of our level five. But uh, GPA survey results, 52% of players want to play the championship as it is. 24% want championship to go ahead under improved protocols and 24% want the championship to be shelved. There was a 76% take up in in the responses to to the survey. And this was I think this was taken last or the results were last Thursday or Friday. Since then we have gone into level 5. I think the the result the the players had said that under under level 4 that they they would play uh, but now we're in level five. It'll be an interesting one to see how the GPA tackle this now. It will, yeah. And I suppose the first part in the survey is that an awful lot seem to kind of lock on to the fact that 24, 25% didn't actually want to play, but it, it, the other part, the 75, 76% actually did, right? 24% didn't want better protocols or that, but there was a big take up in wanting to play it. Now, at the same time, I'm looking forward to it going ahead, whatever the case may be, but you have to worry about the safety of the players too and all that and everyone involved, there's officials and everything and I think that has to be that has to be paramount in, in whatever happens, whether players agree to play or not, like with, I mean, give them permission to play it, but the safety of players and all that has to has to come into it. I, I do see the point and I suppose it was uh, this and Doshi McConville on Saturday on Radio 1 and his point was you could have a third or fourth or a fifth wave. Can you keep calling off everything and calling off sport indefinitely? That it does play a huge part in our lives as well. And it's a very interesting one to see. You know, you you have to take safety into account on one hand, while you want to see things going ahead on the other hand. And it's a very fine line. Like the last thing you want is a major outbreak of COVID or something to go seriously wrong or 
someone to get very sick. It's the last thing I want to see. While I look forward even to watching the game there on television last night or looking forward to the games at the weekend, I look forward to them the same as any other game. But we have to kind of, I suppose, if they agree to play it, it has to be monitored maybe on a week-on-week basis and just see how things are going. The whole testing thing is going to have to, they're talking about rapid testing. That's going to play a huge part in it. And I suppose we don't want another case of like what we had last Sunday with Leitrim not being able to feel like or last Saturday. So there's going to be an awful lot of protocols that are going to be in place to make sure that everything goes right, I suppose, nearly day on day and week on week to make sure it reaches a conclusion if that's possible the way things are going. Yeah, and, and just you just mentioned there, I, I I'd be very disappointed with the the negative reporting, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, um, that that has come out, I suppose, firstly on the GPA survey where it it it, it was being the twenty five percent of the players don't want to play. There was nothing about the seventy five percent of players, or, sorry, twenty five percent of the players don't want to play, but seventy five percent of the players want to. But it was all, the reporting was that it was twenty five percent don't want to play negative like all media seems to be negative at the moment and and leading on from that then there seems to be an awful lot of negativity towards the GA there's a lot of GA bashing um going on it was on live line uh Tuesday there with with Joe Duffy it's it's in all the papers um and and other sports don't seem to get that that negative reporting Uh, and it's very disappointing yeah, I was disappointed with the, the fact that they basically said that 24% didn't when 75 wanted. But I think the general, as you say, Bastion of the GA, I think is a bit unfair as well. They're trying to follow protocols as best they can. If the players want to play, and I think that's the big part of it. If the players want to play and we can facilitate that, then yes, as long as it's facilitated in a safe environment, I think yes, we can continue. But I think people have to understand that if it's the if the players want to play, if they don't, if they come out in the morning and say no, this isn't workable. Well, then we have a problem. Then, but I don't think people should be bashing the GA. I reckon it's all for money and everything. To me, it's not for money. To me, yeah, if no, the I, games I, do go ahead, it's enjoyment to being able to watch them. Like we're heading into winter, evenings are going to be dark at half four when the clocks go back next week. It's something to be able to talk about on the phone with your friends whatever, a WhatsApp group or whatever, who's going well, who do you think is going to win? It plays a big part in our lives where it's summer. This year it's going to be winter-like. And it will sharpen the winter, hopefully, if everything goes right. It, it will help with people. You know, They talk about the whole mental health side of things. To me, it does play a huge part. And sport plays a big part in my life, whether it is GA, soccer, horse racing. It's great to be able to watch live sport and television as long as they say it's done in a safe environment. Yeah, and, and one of the, the the things that are used to detract from the GA is that it's it's an amateur organization. They're amateur players. They're they're all going home to their families. But like there there doesn't seem to be any of this we'll say with regards to Munster or Leinster or Ulster Connacht in the rugby. D- like those guys aren't bubbled. I mean if you go if you look at the NBA resumed it's it's finished now but the NBA resumed in in America. But those guys were put into a bubble. They all went into one place. They were staying in hotels. There was no fans. There was no family. There was nothing left in. The rugby players are going out playing. They're coming home to their wives and children and children and mothers and fathers. 
you know, they're, they're, they're not they're not cocooned away. <coughs> so it's not it's the very same thing as the GA players in my in my eyes. It is to a degree, yeah. I mean, if they're not, if they're not if they're still mixing with family and everyone, as you say, they're not cocooning. Like, so why does the GA have to come in for for criticism there? Right, I get it is a professional sport, but if they're still mixing with people outside of it, as you say, with the NBA, they weren't. They were put into a bubble and mixed with nobody. That's a completely different scenario. Like, it's the same with. League of Ireland soccer, right? There might be no crowds going to those games either, but the players are still playing the game, and they're obviously going home to their families from training, going home from from games and everything as well. So, to me, it's the same scenario. Just there's probably it's professional and amateur, but it doesn't seem to make a difference there. There's not a bubble there, like. Yeah, no, and I think some some people are just relishing in the fact that they can bash the GA at the moment and. Um, and, and there was a lot of negativity, negativity towards it. Um, we'll leave that one. John, um, there's an interview on GA.ie, and uh, you might just uh, might comment on it. It's uh, with John Kiley, the Limerick manager, and of course he's um, uh, principal of the Abbey School in in, in Tip Town there. But it, he says that one of the blessings was obviously that the inter-county player got to spend an entire summer with their club. They had a huge spin-off in so many different communities and clubs. For the players themselves, it was really good grounding exercise, getting them back into the club for a protracted period of time with no distractions of inter-county. I think that's very true. I thoroughly enjoyed the the club championships over the the, four, the 14 or 15 weeks that the, that they were on. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely I did. And, and, I, and I suppose I was lucky this year. I saw a lot of games this year, you know. Uh, but just just getting back to one thing there about what Francis was talking about I was in Limerick last Sunday for the mine I was in Tullus last night you have to give credit to the Munster Council the way they handled everything uh, and even the, the situation with the subs and all they're way back up out of the way they're not in clusters there's nobody on top of one another uh, the, the, there's only one uh, one person from each media outlet uh, you know so I think everything is being handled well and uh, that's just thing about it and the, the people who say about uh, you know it's all for the money in the GA I think they don't really know what the people who say that don't really know what is about because the big losers this year, uh, the GA, you see, is, is is supposed to be this this big organisation, but the big losers this year is going to be the clubs, which you know that because the money that's collected on the gates is always distributed back to the clubs in yeah, grants, yeah. and that's it. But that's just just uh, as an aside. But it is it's great to knock the GA people. This is knocking the GA season. But look at getting back to what what John Kylie said there about that. It was I thoroughly enjoyed the championships this year, and I suppose the players again, the county players must have enjoyed it because. Uh, they knew they were going to be back in September. They were all going to be in the same sort of boat. They could give their all to the club. And, you know, maybe there's, uh, maybe the, the, the John Kylies and Liam Sheedy's might pick up a player from the championship, you know, that's in forum because you're just coming out of the championship into the county. And, you know, other times they might be going on, on fellas, past forum, which was last year's forum, but, you know, anything can happen. And <clears throat> I think it is a good... Um, I, I think the, the, the players probably enjoyed it this year. Uh, they, they found that maybe, you know, lots of t- everything is local and you are the local man. So the local people want to see you and see an awful lot more of you and not to be whisked away morning, noon and night 
training five or six nights a week with the county team, you know. And, yeah, and I think and, that, and, that was a huge thing that, that that there was there was a ban, well, not a ban, but that the intercounty teams weren't back training until the 14th of September. So the club had first and 100% call on the player from the minute we were out of lockdown until until that date. And it's probably unprecedented in recent times. Um, well, from what I can remember, because any time you had a player from your club on a county manager, you, you probably only saw them for games, really. That's all, that's all, you know. Even back before the all round robin came in, when you had that twenty, or you had that what is thirteen day, uh, the one available thirteen days. But in reality, the club never had them at all. Like you know what I mean? Ah, Don't get me started on that thirteen day rule. No, 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 no. No, I just thought that was interesting from John Kiley. It was good to see a, a, a an inter county manager come out and and and. Sh- and say that that the players got so much from going back to their clubs, and as you said, hopefully a lot more will cotton onto it and realise that the club is good for for the intercounty player too. And um, French, like you know, yeah, Francis um, Mid Tip GA had a, a tweet out there um, last week. It was uh, well done to Mogs Blogs and everyone involved with the commencement of Mid Tipperary half pace hurling. We'll have to get some of the mid board officers out. Looks like great crack. Half pace hurling. Um, this is an initiative all over the country. The, the mid have have started. Well, they, I suppose they they're finished again, but they started it last week. Um, do you know anything about this? Uh, a small bit, I suppose. We we played a bit of a dare at the start before the the first lockdown here in, in Tiberi Town. We we had numbers there playing it, and I suppose for fellas like myself now, we're kind of shoving on from even playing June or B. It's very nice. It's great to be able to go out and play once a week and. Just have it pick two teams and have a game between yourselves. Like, and I suppose the way things are gone at the moment, normally a fella might retire, he wouldn't play anymore. But people are always on about fitness now and staying active and all that. And I think it's a great way to stay in touch with fellas as well. Like, and you know, you're meeting fellas once a week, you're playing a game. And you know, we, the likes, you know, Richie, as we talked to Richie Lohan there last week, he was playing with us as well. Like, so. There's a good age group. I think it's over thirty fives upwards. And if you if you don't feel as if you say you can play club hurling anymore, and there's, there's a lot of effort goes into club hurling now, even junior B hurling, a lot of training goes into it. So th- this is a new, you know, a good incentive for that just to be able to play away. Like I mean, for a long time, you had you know your indoor soccer, or whatever or soccer and an astroturf. But this is a chance for fellas who want still want to play a bit of hurling in in their own level, like, with feathers their own level, and just a bit of enjoyment as well, and, I mean, I was talking to a lad that was working with me there, he was involved in the one in Cork, they do hurling and football, they split the numbers, whatever numbers show up, they, they split them evenly, I think they play there in the back pitch in Parky Cueve, I think it's going ahead in, is in Dublin and Belfast as well, and I would hope it would take off, um, I, I think it's a great initiative to, to keep fellas playing and keep fellas involved as well, yeah, no, and I think you're right. It is over 35s, but it's for it's 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 not. There's a lot of over 35s that are still playing, I suppose, competitive hurling <coughs> and and would be too fit for it. This is for guys, I suppose, that haven't played in in a number of years and are looking to get back and get a bit of fitness. And I suppose socially, social there is real really no social aspect to to hurling or, or Gaelic football. As in, you, you went out and you played competitive, competitively for your club, and that was it. Whereas with the soccer, you always had the, the five-a-side five soccer, and you've tag rugby, 
as well. And that's probably this is probably going to be the GA version of of that for for <laughs> for the older the older person, I suppose. Well, you would you would hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'd like to see. Even if there was clubs got together, a few clubs got together to have numbers to play. Like there's a few lads around. It's not just Tipperary Town lads that. Arvid Rovers as is playing there's lads from outside of it coming in and playing and any more lads when we, if we do get back going we're more than welcome to, to come back and or come in and play it like but hopefully you could even have a competition or challenge matches or games between two different sets that are doing it as well and just bring a more when we do eventually get back to normality as you say have a social side of it like that people can still meet up and they're supposed to play at their own level and it, it's about the enjoyment of it still being able to puck a ball around as well and puck a ball around at your own level as well This you're enjoying and the enjoyment is the main part of it. Absolutely, no, no, absolutely and I see you're I think you were probably inviting John O'Shea to tag out for the Rovers I'd say is what you were trying to get at there. It's more than welcome to come along. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Um, if you liked what you heard, give us a follow on Twitter at Westwick Pod. And uh, stay safe, everyone. Thank you.